It is Friday, Irish fans, and it is another Locked On Irish podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, the official Notre Dame podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, make sure you're out there following us, Facebook, Twitter, at Locked On Irish. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Whatever you're listening to us on, your device, your computer, wherever you get us, keep doing it. All the listens count. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all those places. So, going to do the show just a hair different today. Um, sometimes in this business, if you will, the stories and, and, and the segments and things like that, sometimes they write themselves, and sometimes they don't write themselves for, for really the right reasons. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, we do podcasts because we did a show with Michelle Tafoya on my other show, Um uh, East of the Bend podcast, and that's where we come from, me and my team. And, you know, they haven't been quite as involved as we're hoped for, and we're hoping to speed that up so you guys get to know them just as well as you get to know the single voice right here. Um, but that's where we came from was East of the Bend Productions, and we still have that going. Our podcast is kind of it's kind of scaled back a little bit, quite a bit, um, since we do the daily show now. But, um, yeah, sometimes in this business, um, as a, the podcasts and the stories, they kind of – they kind of just happen, especially, you know, you might be looking for something and you're like, oh man, I wonder, wonder what we're going to talk about on this episode or what are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? And, uh, yeah, today's, today's one of those days and not necessarily for the right reasons. And, and podcasts, they're, they're very liberating. You know, we have Michelle Tafoya on the other show and she, we, she talked about how podcasting and like a morning show, she does KQRS mornings in Minnesota and she talked about how it's like, you know, sitting around, when you have good chemistry, it's like sitting around with your friends in your living room just talking. And that that's what podcasts are. And podcasts are even to a further extent because you can cuss sometimes. You can, you don't really have like the FCC up your butt, like, or anything, like nobody breathing down your neck. Uh, you know, when you're with a network like we are, we got to kind of keep things clean. But, you know, if you run your own podcast, you kind of just talk about whatever you want. You, you can... And I feel like you get to know people on podcasts a little better. Like, how many people listen to the Joe Rogan podcast or the podcast that you listen to? I just use Rogan because it's, like, one of the most followed ones. But And I listen to it and, you know, sometimes agree, sometimes disagree. But you feel like you know that person. And, and that's kind of what I'm going to let you guys in on because we've had some news and events that's really affected us today. Um, when I first started East of the Bend... Uh, you know, I didn't really, let me just say this. I didn't really know what I was doing. I, uh, I didn't even know how to upload a podcast and I was done with it. I said, Nope, I'm done with this. I finished it. I finally got it done, packed everything up. And I said, on Monday, I'm sending all this stuff back. I got out of church on that Sunday and I got in, uh, contacted by the Notre Dame, Notre Dame club of Columbus president. And he's like, Hey, he's like, you know what? I think you, your podcast is going to be the official podcast of the Notre Dame Club of Columbus. And I was like, oh boy. Oh crap. Um, so I guess I'm going to continue to do this. And it's worked out. You know, we're going on like year three now. And we're with this great network and locked on. And I mean, things couldn't be going any better. We're signed with multiple schools for coverage for the East of the Bend side of things. And, you know, just gives us even more of a platform with locked on and being able to cover the Irish and things like that. And, um, you know, not long after that, all the Notre Dame, just give you guys, this is going to be free advertisement. I'll take the hit on it from the network, but um, Dempsey's Food and Spirits here in Central Ohio, um, in Columbus, Ohio, they um, they were our first sponsor. They were our primary sponsor, our first, still to this day, they're our primary sponsor. 
and they were our first sponsor. And that's where all the uh, Notre Dame alumni, friends, family of the university that's in Central Ohio, that's where you go to have game day watch parties organized by your favorite co-host and mine, Mr. Mark Hissom, who is the still to this day the Notre Dame Club of Columbus president. He organizes all of it. We're one of the most successful, most longest-running watch parties that I know of. I don't know of any other club. And, and hit us up, Twitter. You know what it is, Locked On Irish. If you know of another club of Columbus or another club, Notre Dame club that does as consistent of watch parties and the various things, not only watch parties, we've had tailgates for hockey games. We've done a little bit of everything there. I mean, it is the premier place to be if you're in central Ohio for a Notre Dame football Saturday. I mean, it's the second best thing to uh, being in South Bend. Um, but Dempsey's and the owner, Mark Dempsey, he, um, he was the first person in, in corporate, uh, thing, I guess, for to take like financial support and say, hey, we want to throw some money at you guys. I have a lot of faith in what you guys are doing. Um, and just to make a long story short, um, and what I'm getting at here, so you're not like, what is he talking about? Um, long story short, uh, Mark Dempsey passed away this morning, um, had a couple massive heart attacks from the sounds of things. I knew right around Christmas and um, you know, not to give away too many details here of what I know, but he was kind of struggling and, um, hit a, hit a rough patch earlier this week. Uh, probably, I mean, I'm in the medical field. Um, that's my real job. And, uh, honestly, from everything I know, he probably was lucky to make it this long, but they were optimistic. But, um, this morning we got the news he passed away and, and it, it really um, really takes us back. I, I wish I could have done this show today with the rest of the crew. They all knew Mark, and you know Mark was a was a great guy. It, you know he actually wasn't even that much of a sports guy. The only thing he watched was Notre Dame football. Um, I remember I remember telling him right before. It's funny talking about Michelle Tafoya, and we had Allison Hayes on our show, and Damon Amendolara from CBS Sports. And um, I remember him saying, "Well, I guess that's a big deal if I knew who those people were." <laughs> And, uh, just, just, just a great person. You know, he, he had a lot of faith in us. He loved that we were, you know, the most Irish Catholic person I'll ever meet in my life. Um, his mother was from Ireland, the whole bit, but you know, he, uh, had loved Notre Dame football. He housed the Notre Dame club of Columbus where they, when they were looking for some place to go, they used to be at a place where they used to have to, if, if as long as Ohio state wasn't playing, they were good. Um, and then if Ohio state was playing, it was a split bar, but Ohio state fans got the sound. Well, after a while, that you know your crowd's going to trail off, and and Mark, you know he took in Mark Hissom, who runs the club of Columbus. He took in Nicole Phillips, who runs the alumni group here in Central Ohio. Brought them in, and let them do whatever. Uh, Dempsey's has all the sound throughout the building. The fight song plays after touchdowns, all scores. We hold arm, we lock arms, and we sway for the alma mater after games. Again, it is the best place to be that's not named South Bend, and. You know, I'll, I'll say this in closing on this because I know you guys want to talk about other uh, the basketball game tomorrow, and um, we're gonna do it. We are gonna do a Louisville preview, but this is this was really important to me, and um, you know, hopefully we don't have to do any of this very often. But I've been on this journey for what is this three or four years now, in total with podcasts, sports media. I mean, I have a good full time job, but it's just something I branched out into, and I mean, it just keeps going. It just keeps going, and sometimes you're on this path, and like I swear, every time I go to quit, something big happens. You know, I was ready to quit the first day, and I'm next day I'm the official podcast in Notre Dame Club of Columbus. I was ready to quit about a year later, and uh, well, a few months later, actually, 
just got frustrated with it, you know, just some various things like that, and we get the sponsorship from Dempsey. And then, you know, get kind of got stuck in the mud, and then next thing you know, somebody developed us a logo, and then we're covering local, uh, local one local high school, and then that moved into a local high school soccer team, and just things that have happened. And, and Dempsey was so significant in having faith in us. Him and his wife listened to every show that we ever did, um, he was always very supportive. He was open to anything, any suggestion, any suggestions for food, drink specials. He wanted to know what are they, what's the students drinking up in South Bend now. We'll do that as a special on our menu. Um, loved Notre Dame and was expanding his business into a third restaurant, um, banquet hall kind of thing. Beloved by the city of Columbus, he was the president of the Shamrock Club in Columbus, and and just a great. I never met one person in that this city. Near neighboring towns that had a bad word to say about Dempsey. And I got to say, I, I'm truly appreciative. And my team, on behalf of Mark, Will, Amelia, Robert RPT, Thidoff, I, I we're all so grateful, Mark, that you lent us the support that you did. And you had the faith in us to take this thing to wherever the heck we're going. And not only that, all this crap aside, at the end of the day, the things that matter are your friends. And I am truly appreciative, and I think I speak for the rest of the team, that we're all appreciative that we were able to call you a friend. And again, you were a wonderful individual. Prayers to you and your family. I I hope we continue a relationship that we've had with Dempsey's. Uh, I'm not sure where things are going to go with the restaurants now. Um, we are, me and Mark Hissom, we're going to go tonight to the restaurant, see if the family needs anything, if we can work, if we can bust tables. We're going to do it all for free, um, all for the family. It's whatever we can do. Uh, we owe it to you, my friend. And um, yeah, uh, tough day, tough day. But we're thinking about you, buddy. Um, Godspeed, my friend. All right, guys, back at it again. Locked on Irish podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. So thank you all out there. If you're still listening to this episode, I appreciate you guys letting me get that off my chest. Um, it was It's a rough day. It's been a rough morning. Uh, that's why the show didn't necessarily get released till till it is right now. So I cannot say how much I appreciate you guys listening to that right there. It's just, it, I, I'm so thankful to have a platform to be able to just chuck that out there. You know, um, it's, it's really nice. And if any of you guys locked on, locked on Irish followers, you followed us over from East of the bend, or if you're new listeners, go over, check out our page, go check out Dempsey's page and, you know, maybe send the family a little love for all they've done for Notre Dame and the promotion of Notre Dame and their alumni here in Ohio. I mean, they host young alumni night and try to bring in young alum into um, into the alumni group and just everything they've done for the university. So I hope you guys go out there, check it out. I know free advertisement probably frowned upon at the network, but honestly, I just kind of don't care right now because, uh, if you lose a friend, it's, it's a tough thing, man. It's, it's a tough thing. So we won't let it happen again, but let's hope we don't have to cross that bridge too often on this show. So tomorrow, two o'clock tip off. We are taking on the Cardinals from Louisville. Boy, this is going to be a tough one. I don't know what to think about this one. I, you know, I said that I, I liked how we matched up from familiarity standpoint the other day um, after the NC State collapse. So here's what I'll say: final thoughts on the NC State collapse. I haven't heard anything about Fluger yet. I'll put an update out on the page once I get something. Um, I mean, my question to Bray would be: What if a guy fouls out again? Or what if you get a guy hurt? 
What what do you what is it going to take for Njogu to play? I want to know what's it going to take to throw in a walk on, a freaking manager. I don't care. What is it going to take? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you really going to play four on five basketball? I'm curious at this point. Your inability to have these guys ready, Njogu specifically, why he couldn't have at least just been chucked in the rotation for twenty or thirty seconds is beyond me. Uh, uh, you know, Elijah Morgan on the bench, you know, there's no, re- it, again, if they can't do it for that short a period of time, then they shouldn't be on the roster. And my question to Bray would be this, wh- why are they there? One. And number two, what are you going to do? If you don't, if you only have four guys, are you really going to play four on five? Cause I get the feeling you probably would at this point. I, I mean, that's the sense I'm getting. And if we try to do what we did the other night, if Fluger's still hurt and you don't try to sub in Njogu, I, I swear this loss to NC State, that's not a good basketball team. I know I talked about all the experience they have. They have some talent. I don't know that that team is making the tournament either. But we'll see. Uh, they do have a lot of experience. Maybe and it's the ACC. The ACC carries a lot of respect. We'll see what happens. So Louisville's coming to town. Uh, back at home. I do like that. Louisville is one and one right now on the road, so not much road experience. Chris Mack's the coach. I have a lot of familiarity with Chris Mack, not personally, but um, I've talked about on the show before how Xavier. I love Xavier basketball. In fact, I got tickets for Xavier Creighton tomorrow, so I'm actually going to miss Notre Dame. I'll have to watch it later. A buddy of mine lives in Cincinnati, hooks me up every year. Um, I love Xavier basketball. Um, fun, so fun to watch. Chris Mack, just a good person, great individual, but has never been able to push teams over the top to that next level. Had an Elite Eight appearance, several tournament appearances. I think he went to the tournament all but one season. Really good family man, just just a good person overall. And I'm really shocked he ever left. He's a Xavier alum from Ohio, from Cleveland. Uh, really shocked he ever left. Um, you know, he got a lot out of certain guys. Uh, I look back at like J.P. Makira. I feel like he got more out of him than a lot of coaches would, but I feel like he got less out of guys like Trayvon Blewett, who was a star. Uh, I don't think he could develop certain guys. Is like, is that trade-off? Can you develop? You develop the ones that aren't that good, but the ones that come in polished, you can't take them to that next level. That's what I always felt like with Mac. Um, we lost to this team twice last year. I looked no further than Jordan Nora. Last season, he went off on us. Game one, 20 points. Um, Malik Williams last year went six of seven, uh, finished with 14 points in that game, the first game against us. Um, you know, they they got 21 bench points to our eight in game one last year. You know, first game wasn't all that close. Second game wasn't all that close either. And I think that's what we're going to see tomorrow, something like a 21 to eight off the bench as far as bench production. And that's what's going to kill us at the end of the day. It's absolutely going to kill us. Now, game two, we were done. We were absolutely done in that game. Uh, You know, Mooney was horrendous shooting, going uh, three of 18 in that second game last year. Nora had another big game. Uh, I think he had 24 points against us. Just, that was just not a fun game. We played, I was like, played them two out of three games. I think we had Georgia Tech or something, and then it was Louisville, Georgia Tech, then Louisville again. Um. But yeah, this is uh this is a good one. <laughs> We're gonna have our hands full, and we better not look done tomorrow, or this could get, uh, as they say, uh, could get laid early. Uh, Louisville's coming in at twelve and three. I think, believe they are two and one in the conference. Three, three and one, three and one in the conference. So, you know, the only losses: Texas Tech, Kentucky, Florida State. Wrap your mind around it, because no slouches in there. That's for sure. Not one slouch. Now I know I've mentioned Nora's name. 
a couple times here, so let's kind of start with him. He was preseason All-ACC. Last season uh, finished pre – he was third team All-ACC last year, 6'7", 225, just a physical specimen out there on the court. I truly don't know if we have anybody that can match up with him. I mean, I know people are going to say, well, possibly Mooney from a size perspective. But do you see him athletically matching up against uh, Nora very well? I don't. Already averaging 20.9 points a game. Uh, really, as far as scoring, it all starts and finishes with Nora. And, and you look down the list of, of guys on the roster, you got Stephen Enoch, the center. He's averaging 11.5 a game. Outside of that, neither play, no players on the team are over uh, double digits in scoring. Uh, now, Enoch's interesting. He transferred in a couple years ago from UConn. He's actually a former teammate of uh, Jawan Durham when they were both at UConn, played together 2016-2017. Enoch's going to be a presence inside. So you're going to have former teammates battling it out underneath. Uh, Enoch's 6'10", 260. I'd say it's safe to say Enoch's probably the little better player at this point. Um, quite Actually, probably a lot better player at this point. Um, Durham just... Man, Durham has these flashes where I'm like, here we go. He's going to take it to the next level tonight. Tonight's the night Durham's going to come out. You know, he gets like two or four points early, and then it just kind of disappears. You're not really sure where it goes. You know, it's just just kind of frustrating. Kind of frustrating, that's for sure. As you can tell, I'm a little frustrated with this basketball team right now. Uh, We'll continue with uh, forward Dwayne Sutton. Uh, 6'5", 215, 8.9 points per game. Leads the team in rebounds. Over eight rebounds a game. So we're going to have to battle down a, down low. You got a 6'5 forward, but a, clearly he's scrappy. He's going to be physical down there. Uh, we gotta, we've got to out-physical this team some way, shape, or form. Or we're just going to have to rain threes. I mean, I was going to get the keys to victory later, but I mean, what the hell, man? This is This might be the best team we've played all year. It may very well be the best team we've played all year. Now... Ryan McMahon was benched um, in favor of uh, Lamar Kimball the last two games, but they're trying to also work in David Johnson, four-star recruit. They're trying to work him in for some time, and that was kind of the theory. Uh, Coach Mack wasn't real satisfied with McMahon's play leading up to the last couple weeks. He is averaging 8.7 a a game. Uh, Only started, I think, one game prior to this season, and then he started a... Uh, 13 of 15 uh, up until the last two. Um, And then David Johnson, the four-star, he got in there. So I don't know who we're going to see tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Not real sure because they're trying to get Johnson more time from everything I'm reading. However, the last two games, he's only scored six points, uh, only 32 total points on the year. Um, it seemed almost like a motivation move, if that if that makes sense. Because McMahon's been on the team. He's a senior. He's been there four years. He's at least contributed, even though he hasn't been starting. Averaging more points than he ever has. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the motivation is there, other than Mac you know, said. I read one of the Louisville papers was kind of saying that he just wasn't real happy with his play leading up to that point. Um so McMahon, though, he has hit 34 threes this season. Um, Nora and uh, and McMahon, they're the biggest threat from three-point land. They've made 72 threes between, each, between themselves. Nobody else on the team is really a threat from there, and that's kind of what tells me, you know, if, if Kimball and Johnson aren't really putting it together, especially from behind the arc, if I'm Mac, you've got to stick with, with McMahon on the floor. 
as a three-point threat, to have two three-point shooters out there. I mean, both Nora and McMahon are averaging over 40% from behind the arc. You have to leave those guys out there. Now, speaking about Kimball there, backup guard, kind of he's played much better off the bench. Like I said, started the last two games, but went 3 of 15 for six points, three assists. Had a season high against uh, 13 against Indiana State. Also had 12 against Kentucky. Both of those were off the bench, though. Now, if that name sounds familiar at all, he did start 43 games uh, after transferring from St. Joe's. Uh, Came over in a senior transfer. Averages about 20 minutes a game, so we're going to see him tomorrow night. We're going to see about nine guys tomorrow night between the starters, Nora, Enoch, Sutton, Perry, McMahon, or or Kimball, and then uh, David Johnson. Uh, Also have Malik Williams coming off the bench. Another big dude, 6'11", 245. He's a Fort Wayne guy. How did we let him get out of the state? I do not know, Mike Bray. Why cannot we not keep guys in the state somehow, some way? Can we just get one, one and done? Just one. Give me a Ben Simmons. I know it didn't work out, but I at least want to take a chance. That's all I want. I just want one. Uh, Malik's averaging 7.5 points per game, 6.4 rebounds. Um, just hawks the glass. Big inside. Uh, Durham's going to have his hands full tomorrow because Enoch's going to get subbed out. Malik's probably going to come in. You know, Malik went off against us, like I said earlier in the show, went off against us 6-7, 14 points in that first game last year off the bench. Uh, and then they also have Samuel Williamson, who was a consensus five-star recruit, number 24 player overall coming into this season um, uh, via um, or per ESPN's website. He had 43 points in the first four games of his career, but he has cooled off significantly. His minutes are down, um, only 14 points in his last six games. Uh, after, like I said, scoring 43 in his first four. So I'm not sure how much we'll see of him, 6'7", 190. Uh, He's a shooting forward, or a strong forward. Um, Sorry, my notes were spliced together there as I was trying to scroll up. But um, I'm not sure how much we'll see of him. I know Mac has, obviously, faith in him as a five-star guy. The talent's there. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much we'll see from him. So that wraps it up for our Louisville preview after this we are going to check out some i want to touch on some things i heard about phil jerkovic and then we're going to pick some nfl games right after this all right guys back at it third segment of the show locked on irish podcast i do want to talk about phil jerkovic for just a second here um you know we talked the other day about potentially being able to play right away from everything i'm hearing his red shirt is already burnt he has to sit uh, I know there was some confusion as I was talking the other day. When is there not, right? Um, so he does have to sit after burning that red shirt. Um, so he is not going to play immediately, which is very, very interesting. And the more I'm reading, it sounds like him and the staff just did not get along. Now, a book coming back, I'm sure, had something to do with it, but it sounded like kind of a toxic situation between him and the staff. And it sounded like the plan from everything I can read. I and mean, this is just pure speculation. I have no idea. Um, but where there's smoke, you finish the sentence for me. Um, you know, I just don't know if the staff ever planned on starting him. And is it another Kelly can't develop a quarterback or did this guy get by on all the talent that he had? And he just, when he got to the league, he got to the, the, the big stage you know, I read somewhere where he's talked about how he just, you know, didn't take it that seriously and wasn't really a student of the game and then realized what he had to do. And, you know, maybe it was just too late. I know he's got an awkward throwing motion. Um, you know, these Coach Kelly and these guys and Rees and all these, uh, they're, they're Chip Long, they're all at practice. They know better than we do. 
Uh, I heard some seen somebody the other day. This is why I try to stay off comment, even comment sections, not even message boards. Try to stay off comment sections. Somebody's like, Coach Kelly sucks. No, he doesn't. Okay, you might not be happy with not being able to win the big one or whatever, but you don't get as many wins as he has. You don't even have undefeated seasons and suck. He's not a bad coach. He just he has little weaknesses. And right now what we're seeing at Notre Dame is he can't develop a quarterback and what well, doesn't seem like it. And he also can't win the big one. That doesn't mean he sucks. Does it just means he's not of the elite of the elite. He's an elite coach. How many other coaches have had the success that he has? And come on. I mean, when people talk about all, oh, you know, is this quarterback elite? I mean, it's based on what standard we're talking about. I mean, if we're talking about the standard of just an NFL quarterback, well, there's only 32 of them that start. Even the ones that suck are an elite quarterback. So let's just be careful when they're posting stuff. And, oh, I don't even, I mean, that's, there's not enough time in this podcast or in the day to talk about how much fans aggravate me sometimes. But again, not enough time. Not enough time. So if that really was the case, I mean, we talk about pieces all the time. Pieces here, pieces there. Who's going to, well, this guy should just go here. It's like, well, they're human. And if he's not happy at Notre Dame, then I want a guy that's going to be all in. And I wish Jerkovic the best. I hope he finds the perfect situation. And now that I know he has to sit out a year, I don't think that situation's Oklahoma because God knows Lincoln Riley changes uh, quarterbacks like I change shirts. So I, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the answer anymore. I was He's a Pennsylvania guy. I was hearing potentially Pitt. That makes a lot of sense. They need help. Uh, he could sit out a year. I think that makes a lot of sense. And Minnesota actually really makes even more sense. I know I talked about Minnesota the other day, but in my opinion, they actually make more sense in all this because Fleck loves Tanner. And if Jerkovic has to sit out a year, he wouldn't have to battle with Tanner. And then, you know, they could play him. And then the next season, Jerkovic hop in there. You know, Sanford, I talked about the other day. Sanford is the one that recruited uh, Jerkovic to to Notre Dame, so I'm in, I'll be interested to see where he lands. You know, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later, but um, yeah, I mean, if he wasn't happy and there was that sort of turmoil, if you will, between him and the staff, and he just didn't think it was going to work out, then I say, you know, you got to go. You know, you don't want a guy there that just doesn't want to be there. Now, as far as other pieces and parts being moved around at Notre Dame. I have not heard anything new on the offensive coordinator search. If something breaks this weekend, I will do a quick special on that and report what I know. But right now, I've heard nothing. I know Joe Moorhead's interviewing with Oregon. There are some insiders that think that Coach Kelly is actually going to kick the tires on Moorhead, and I would love it. I will hop in some freezing body of water nearby me if that happens, and I'll post it, and I want somebody to hold me accountable. I think the Moorhead hire would be incredible. Let Tommy go to like a co-OC role, learn from somebody who, yes, he walked into a great situation at Penn State with players, but he also made those guys work, and they didn't regress. You know, if he had Saquon Barkley and McSorley, and they sucked or took a step back, fine. But he turned them into elite players, even though they had the talent, he made sure that talent was put on display out there on a Saturday. I would love that hire, and I love it that I, I'm confident now more than ever that since Tommy hasn't been named yet, that we're at least going to try, we're at least going to look and gauge interest. So 
Divisional weekend, one of my favorite weekend in all of sports because these games, you get two on Saturday, two on Sunday. It's going to be incredible. Let's start with the 435 NBC game, Niners and Vikings. I feel like the Vikings just run out of steam here. I don't think they can win two on the road. I think they, okay, let me rephrase that. I think they can beat the Niners. I'm not sold on the Niners at all, but I don't think they will. Give me the Niners in this one. What's the line here? Niners by seven. Yeah, I'd take that all day. I think the Niners by 10. Ravens and Titans. Uh, it just depends what they think they can do with Lamar. And do the Ravens want to hit Derrick Henry? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen a Patriot team not want to square up on somebody, and Derrick Henry ran all over them. If they can establish the run and they can just slow down Lamar, not stop, but slow down. The Browns showed they could do it. Why couldn't the Titans? But it's Baltimore by 10. I'll take Baltimore to win, but not by 10. I'd say the Titans some by I say the Titans lose by seven in that one. Chiefs by 10 over the Texans. I take that all day. The Texans should have lost to the Bills. For some reason, the Bills just decided to pack away their entire offense. I'm personally pulling for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a great kid. Uh, I love the Chiefs in this one. Give me the Chiefs all day. I don't think it's all that close. Seahawks, Packers, Packers by five in Lambeau. I like the Seahawks here. The Seahawks are road warriors. Seven and one on the, well, eight and one now after the win last week. I like the Seahawks in this game. And how is Matt LaFleur? Matt LaFleur, one of the hottest coaches in the NFL now. Yeah, Everett Golson slash Brian Kelly's former quarterback coach, Matt LaFleur. How's this working? Ugh, I, I, these are the things that sports that just confuse me, just confuse me. But I like the Seahawks here. You know, say what you want about Pete Carroll. And I'll wrap up with this thought. Say what you want about Poodlehead Pete. I'm not a fan of the guy. I think he's, he ran a dirty program at SC, clearly. Um, just kind of reminds you of a used car salesman. But, you know, you can't say he's not a good coach. You can't. He he's did what he did at SC. He's doing what he's doing with the Seahawks. He's very resourceful. They're like the Patriots of the West, without the Super Bowls, of course. But he takes guys that aren't necessarily the greatest of talents. He he develops them. He puts them in the right spot and puts the whole team in a place to win. And I think they take this one. I think we take that he takes this one. And I think you're looking at a Seahawks Niners NFC championship game. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I appreciate you guys listening to the opening there and our friend Mark Dempsey, rest in peace, my friend. Prayers to you and your family. If you guys want to post anything nice on his page, Facebook, uh, Dempsey's Food and Spirits, that's 346 South High Street in Columbus. Um, you can post something on our page at East of the Bend or at Locked On uh, or at Locked On Irish at Locked On Irish on Facebook at East of the Bend on Facebook. If you just want to put something nice out there to us, Mark and his family, we're all kind of a little in mourning right now. So we really appreciate any thought, kind words, thoughts, prayers. You know, he was a huge Notre Dame fan and really done everything he could to service the fans and local commu- Notre Dame community. And I mean, look at it like this. And I'll, I'll finish, I promise. <laughs> we got it like this. On a college football Saturday, we had, you know, Ohio State fans would step one foot in the door. They'd look up, look around. Every now and then, one would ask where the Ohio State game was on, but not very often, and they'd make a U-turn right on out. And that's not a knock on Ohio State, but it's just proof. And I'm stating that because it, what we have in Columbus, and I, I hope it continues. It looks like it's going to be continuing 
But uh, just and he helped build that. Yeah, he was the architect of not only his own business and what it serviced to the community because it's a thriving restaurant and a great place to eat, but also what he's done for Notre Dame fans, alumni alike, just everybody that's even cares a little bit about Notre Dame and spent one college football Saturday watching the Irish at Dempsey's. So, all right, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy Divisional Weekend. Love this weekend. Always so much fun. So until Monday, go Irish.